Hello and welcome to the July edition of the Codner Castle podcast. This month we talk to Irene Oxley, who sells the cakes and the merchandise in the kitchen in the farmhouse. And we also have the final thought from Rickia Brown, also known as Coco, who is the chairman of Codner Castle Heritage Trust, on how she thought our July event went. I'm now joined with Irene Oxley, who does the catering side and who was on the stall at Codner Fate. So how do you feel Codner Fate went for the trust? Codner Fate was excellent for the trust. We sold quite a lot of merchandise and we publicised the uh, the castle really well. People are really <coughs> excuse me, <Right>. interested. <coughs> and we got a lot of questions about the, the castle, how old it was and how you get there and mm. everything else. And we advertised the open day that we've had today. Yeah, so it went really, really well. You know, we had a good attendance. There was a lot of people coming around the store, mm. and we did very well. Yeah, yeah. catering side. You obviously do the cakes and treats for people who come down here, and you've got the famous lemon drizzle. Yes. <laughs> so how uh, how well have you been doing with the cake store? The catering went very well. Nearly all the cakes have sold. In fact, they all did sell. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I make flapjack as well, yeah. and uh, I do famous lemon drizzle cake. Apparently, right. that's what it is. Yes, and um, and that's it. You know what I mean. The ca- catering does really well. Cups of tea go down well, and it is all for donations. Yeah. But people are very generous, so we we always they always yeah. give us plenty of money. You know, people aren't tight at all when yeah. they come up here. They always hard work in the, the kitchen as well. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard work, but it's worth it, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Meeting people and making yeah. people feel welcome. So you all, you, know. you also run the merchandise store that's yes, situated yes. in the kitchen. Yes, yes, and we, we did well on the merchandise as well. We sold several books, tea mm-hmm. towels, um, coasters, you know, various things that yeah. we do sell. Yeah, they all went very well, and uh, yeah, I had a, we had a really good day today. Yeah, yeah. and the fate went really well. The fate merchandise. was excellent. We talked to a lot of people. We encouraged people to come up. And we sold plenty of merchandise, especially tea towels. They went really yeah. well on the fete this year. You know, yeah. but we do the fete every year, so yeah. to publicise where we are. And we have, we're having more and more people walking up here. Yeah. People don't drive anymore, they particularly. It, we, we do tell people with disabled relatives. A, a lady came today and she said her mother would have liked to come, but she can't walk because she walks with sticks. Mm. I says, well, if she's got a disabled thing... I says she's more than welcome to drive up. Yeah, and use the. Yeah, I says ordinary people that have to walk, you know, in the various car parks. Oh. (laughs) So. At the uh, various car parks that, you know, Codner and Jack's. Yeah, you've got the the uh, free car park on Codner Marketplace. Yes, yes. And then it's an easy walk from Jacksdale over as well. Yes, it is, you know, and some people come from Alfred and down Alfred Road. Yeah, so. That's a bit bumpy. And there's a walk. Away across from George's chip shop, isn't there? Yes, on the A610? there is. Yes, yes, it is. But it's just getting across the A610. Yes. You know, but that's it's all right. That is that takes you across the golf course. That does. Yeah. When you get to the other end. What's the golf course called? You 
Um, Ormond Fields Orman takes Fields, you back yeah. up Ormond Fields, Orman doesn't Fields, it? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you can walk down through Goose Lane. That's just off Cardinal Market. Yes. On Nottingham Road. Yes. You can walk there. And down it where takes the football grounds the are, isn't yeah. it? And that goes across yeah. the golf course. And that goes across the golf course. And the lo- I mean, that used to be the main way people walked up to Cardinal. Yeah. But the golf course don't really like us doing it. You I shouldn't it, say well. that, but. Well, no, but well, at the end of the day, it's a public footpath. Public footpath. Right away, yeah. If you want so, to get over, choose one of the routes and choose one come of the over. And come over and, and you're try the some most welcome. amazing lemon drizzle cake. Amazing lemon <laughs> drizzle cake, apparently. Yes. <laughs> okay, cheers, Irene. All right, then. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Les. I'm joined by Rikia, who is the chairman of the Heritage Trust, who also goes by the name Coco, which we will refer to her as from now on, if that's all right. That's fine, guys. I've been called Coco since I was one years of age, and um, I don't really use my real name. I never have. I, I went through school being called Coco by all the teachers, and I've grown up being Coco. Um, but I do use Rakia for professional reasons because I found that um, when I became the chairman of the trust, I got taken a lot more seriously by referring myself to my real name, Rakia. So I found myself um, at meetings with councillors and mayors and MPs and things like that and saying, hi, my name's Coco, Mm. and wasn't really getting taken that seriously. So when I started using my real name, I was advised to use my real name. And um, and when I started introducing myself as, hello, my name's Rakia, um, I got taken a, a bit more seriously. So I do use Rakia, my real name, um for professional reasons um but obviously i've been i've grown up as coco and everybody knows me as coco my mum and dad know me as coco well that's the same situation as me obviously my real name's richard yeah obviously everyone knows me as fez all through growing up at school that's it yeah yeah it's the same thing and and obviously i've always been known as coco by my teachers yeah uh, by my work colleagues everybody so i just use rakia for that reason really because i do find that i get taken a lot more seriously um when i present myself as as rakia more professionalism isn't it yes it is yeah instead of a nickname yeah yeah yeah. so but but yeah and it's very strange actually using my real name because i've always been known as coco all my life and i'm 49 now so you can imagine it so so yeah um but yes we can refer refer to me as coco in the future as long as listeners aren't confused by (laughs) who i am and who rakia is rakia and coco are the same person yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. we've just had a July open day. Yes, we have. How's it gone for you? Um, pleasantly surprised, actually, yeah. Fez, because uh, we there was a lot of things happening today with uh, sporting yeah. um, activities um, that have been on the TV, such as Wimbledon and cricket. So I wasn't sure whether we were going to get a good turnout today uh, with so many things going on, but we were very, very pleasantly surprised. We got over 100 visitors up today, Mm. Uh, less than usual, but like I said, it was still a good number to say that there was a lot of things going on. Well, you had the cricket, uh, Grand Prix, Wimbledon, like you said. Yeah. There's a lot of events taking place today, which is difficult for us in a way. It is from that respect, and, yeah. and, and we do find that we do get a bit quieter on those times when there is a lot of things going on. And sometimes as well, uh, we have open days, and unfortunately it clashes with other events that are going on in the local area. Mm. Um, and, you know, so the numbers go down a little bit. Um, but to say that these events are going on today and people have, you know, have walked yeah. up... 
Um, we only have two cars parked today with disabled people, so all the rest of those people, which were about 96, 97, uh, with the children had all walked up today. So I was very, very yeah. surprised at the, at, the, at the numbers that we had. And there was today. a lot more children over today as well, we noticed. There was a yeah. fair few of kids come over. There was, and it's always so, wonderful yeah. um, to see families coming up with their children. Um, because obviously, you know, part of what we do is giving those, the next generation, those memories of yeah. Codney Castle um, that they never would have had before. Mm. And obviously we have to think, you know, we're, we're not immortal. We're not going to live forever. These are the generation that are going to take over the work that we do at Codney yeah. Castle. So it's really important to get the kids up here, get them interested in their local history, mm. the local heritage. And also, you know, the, the wonderful setting that, that, that we're in, you know, it's a beautiful conservation area yeah. um, full of wildlife and, um, and it overlooks the Erewash Valley. And I do personally believe that it's really important to get, you know, get your children and your families out walking, get them exercising, get them into the countryside, yeah. let them have a look at the wildlife and the heritage that's in the area. And of course, you're building those wonderful memories up as well. As, as well it's while getting they're them here. outside into it and enjoying it. And it's getting them outside, enjoying it, enjoying it and, and actually seeing the wildlife for themselves. I mean, today, for example, we've had a number of buzzards um, circling around the North Court. We've mm. had a red hawk. Yeah. Um, and we always see different birds of prey up here. And it's wonderful that the kids can come up and actually have a look at it because you know obviously because it's quite a undisturbed area that there are lots and lots of wildlife and, and we do as a trust actually encourage that as yeah. well um we're not all about heritage we are very very conscientious that the, the castle sits in a conservation area and uh, we are very very well aware of the wildlife that that's around the castle yeah. And um, we always try and do things um, to, to help the wildlife mm. and to enable the wildlife up here as well. So for argument's sake, last year we did a project with a, a young lad who's got autism. He did a sensory history project up here um, and we built an eco path and we used sort of the old bark that yeah. was that from the trees that had, um, had been um, sort of like blown down, the old trees. And we used all that, and and so it's it's practically a live path, yeah. um, full of bugs and insects and wildlife. So we're always trying to encourage that mm. that that side of things as well, which is important to highlight. Yeah, sort of treat the surrounding area as a nature reserve. As so, a nature yeah. reserve, yes, yeah. because the castle does sit in it in, in this environment. Yeah. So so we want to encourage as much of the wildlife here as what we can, yeah. as well as obviously doing what we do um, in terms of promoting the castle and its history yeah. and the guided tours and the activities and the living history and things mm. like that. But it's always great to see kids up here because from our point of view, they are going to be the next generation that take, you know, to, the to next step, take the to next step going, yeah. to keep it going and, and carry on the work that, that, that we do, you yeah. know, when we're all sort of old and grown, we can't yeah. do it anymore. So, um, so yeah, it was great to see so many kids up today. Yeah. And last week, Codna Fate. You yes, were there as well. We were. With your mum. We were, yeah. So uh, how do you think the fate went? We've heard from your mum. How do you feel the fate went? The fate the went really, side? really well from the trust point of view. Um, in terms of sort of like you know, uh, flogging merchandise, uh, yeah. we did really well. Um, mm. The tea towels don't... I mean, they sell well up at the castle, don't get me wrong, but I don't know that day everybody seemed to 
seem to want tea towels. So we sold more tea towels at Cod and Fate than we were probably doing six months at the castle. Um, So it's great. And obviously in terms of promoting the castle as well in our local community, supporting what the local community are doing um, in terms of... Because Cod and Fate's um, been going for many, many years Mm. now. And it's a regular event on on, on the calendar. You know, it's once a year. And most of the people in Codner that go to uh, Codner Fate really support it. It's run by the Rotary Club and yeah. uh, Codner Parish Council. And it's an important event in, in the year for yeah. our community. Yeah. So there are lots and lots of community groups like ours who go down there and um, promote what we do yeah. within this well, area. Well, it's good for us because even though, well, we've been here hundreds and hundreds of years, but there's still people in Codner that don't realise... We're over here. No, you know we don't. Because I mean? they'll come over to the stall and go, oh, we didn't realise there was a castle in Codner, sort of thing. So yeah, and even it's... now, after doing, after actually being open to the public for five years now, you will still get people that come up and say, we've never heard of Codner Castle, yeah. we're from Hena or we're from Ripley. Yeah. So that's why we keep doing what we do. And, and we never get complacent about that either, because... You've got to carry on promoting a place. You can't get to the point where you think, oh, we've been doing it five years now, so people are just going to remember. You can't take that for granted because there's always people out there that mm. it hasn't reached yet. So we are constantly promoting it. And with the great help of um, organisations like Most Haunted, yeah. um, Dust Till Dawn, events companies that come up and help us out, um, Team Falchion reenactors, yeah. Claymores, another battle reenactment group. They all come up and do their bit for us as mm. well and help us out as much as they can. And then when they're off site and they're not doing activities and events up here, they're Twittering, yeah. they're talking about it on social media yeah. and it all helps, you know, in mm. terms of promoting the place. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine the other week and he said, I, I, I hear more and more about Codney Castle now mm. than I ever have done before. Yeah. So we know we're definitely going in the right direction. It's the it promotion, isn't it? We're just pushing the promotion more. Pushing the promotion more, letting people know that there is a, a medieval castle in, in Codner and you know there's only two medieval castles in Derbyshire and one is Peveril Castle out in the Peak District and Codford Castle is the other one so we are constantly promoting that and and as soon as people realise that and they know they come up with the kids it's Mm. somewhere local for them to come it's a lovely family yeah it's a family event it It is yeah and And we're very dog friendly as well so we always get a lot of people coming up with their dogs and we get a a, a wonderful eclectic mix of dog breeds that that come up here is also very nice and there's enough land to play on as such so you've got the football they can have a kick about frisbee they the can, and, and we have stuff. have a go archery as well. We yeah. didn't have that today, unfortunately, but most of the time we have the have a go archery on for the kids. Yeah. And like you said, Fez, you know, they can go and play football out in the South Court or Frisbee, or we've got children's uh, medieval costumes yeah. that they can dress up in. We've just had some new costumes made by Dorothy Baxter, um, our membership secretary, who also makes costumes uh, for the Trust. She's just made some beautiful Robin Hood outfits mm. for the kids because 
we are promoting the Robin Hood aspect yeah. of the castle as well, as you know. We yeah. spoke about that before in another podcast. So Dorothy's made loads of wonderful Robin Hood outfits for the kids to come and dress up in. Mm. And we also have uh, plastic swords for sale. They're always really popular because once the kids watch the reenactment, they want yeah. to go and do it themselves. So it's nice that they can dress up in all yeah. these costumes. It's nice it? to get the kids over here to enjoy the day, to yeah. bring them back. They'll want to come back and learn more about the castle and the history absolutely as well, as, well as enjoy because they'll just remember oh that's where we played sword fighting or absolutely something. that's where yeah. we saw this and it'll encourage them to come back the following month absolutely yeah they know it's a day right for them place. just to get out and enjoy the yeah surroundings as such yeah and of course play uh, for children is a big aspect of learning as well yeah. you know yeah. it's not just about sort of lecturing them to death on you know historical facts yeah play and interaction yeah. uh, is very, very much an important part of the whole learning process. Mm. So even though they're playing and they're enjoying themselves, they're learning as well at the same time, yeah. uh, which is great. And of course, then when they're tired and sweaty, they can come into the kitchen and have a wonderful piece of flapjack yeah. or, um, or lemon drizzle cake or what your wonderful wife <laughs> Becky has done for us today. She made some um, chocolate and vanilla fairy cakes and she also made some, um, I think it was salted caramel. salted caramel and vanilla cakes. <laughs> well, they just went straight away and they, they looked absolutely amazing <laughs> as well. So, yeah, kids also always love a nice cake. I'm sure she'll they? be making some for next time. I hope so. <laughs> and that will be the second Sunday of August. I yes. believe it's the 13th. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it's around it's around there. It's around but, there. It's yeah. the second Sunday yeah. in August anyway. I haven't got the date to hand, but we yeah. always put the dates on our Facebook page yes. and on our website as well. So if any of our listeners want to um, know about um, up-and-coming events, dates of activities, please do go on our Facebook page and our website and all our dates uh, for Open Days will be on there. Yeah, and you can listen to the podcast on the website, which is www.codnacastle.co.uk. That's right, so yeah. we can get it on there and get people to see what dates we are actually open. Yeah. Um, what events we hold down here because there is events as well isn't there there's events yes uh, and and also you know other bits of information that we put on the website in terms of you know if we found any sort of new um findings historical findings or whether we've been delving through the pipe rolls and we found something interesting we'll always put new facts about the history of the castle as well on the website and Facebook. Mm -hmm. For example, today we've had two finds yes. um, given us, very, very interesting. Um, they have been through the antiquities and they have been recorded and they've been uh, kindly donated to us to display on site in the future. Um, very exciting. Mm. And so they'll be going on Facebook later and they'll be going on the website as well. And obviously, yeah. once we've got that information, we could do a separate podcast just on those finds yeah, yeah. as well and in terms of what they were used for, etc., etc. So, And if they do go on the website and see them, they can come down at our open days and view them in person. Or so. In so, future, yeah, because yeah. obviously at the moment... Um, there's a lot of work to be done with There's them, a lot there? of work to be done, and these finds are very delicate, so yeah. we don't sort of want them knocking around until we can get them into 
proper museum glass cases That's with it, the yeah. interpretation but that we've, we've got them now mm. so they will be definitely being displayed sometime in the near future and we will hopefully. do a special episode on them if you want to we will do a special yeah. episode just on them yeah. um, once we've done a bit more research and we can get some good backstories on on the finds because one of them is very interesting yeah you um, fell in love with one of them you? i have totally <laughs> fell in love with one of the finds yes it's going to be under my bed tonight <laughs> in my safe and uh It'll be very, very closely guarded by myself. Um, but it's a beautiful find and it's got a wonderful story behind it as well. And you'll know um, more about that in another episode. Yes, yes. Well, well, yes. A tantalising little bit of information. It did belong to a knight uh, who was on his way up here to Codner Castle. It was found on the King's Route, which was the original trackway um, from the A610, which would take you straight up to Codden Castle to the drawbridge, mm. and it was found on that route. And it's a, a, a basically a very nice reflection on the knights that were visiting the castle during the time of the Crusades. It's 12th century, and obviously it's German. So this is a nice reflection on all the different knights that were coming to Codney Castle in De Grey's retinue and garrison at that time that were coming from all over Europe um, to join the Crusades. Yeah. So it's a, and, but the symbology behind yeah. the sign is very very interesting and it's mm. also very ancient. So yeah. very very interesting find, yeah. fascinating. But we will be talking more on that. So if people um, who are listening, uh, yeah, if people who are listening or uh, metal detectors or anything, if they find anything, can they bring it up to you and say... Yes, I do want to highlight, though, that um, uh, metal detecting is illegal Yes. on an ancient scheduled monument site. Yes. It is a prison offence. You can be arrested and sent to prison yeah. if you are caught mm. metal detecting on an ancient scheduled monument. As an organisation, we're not entirely in, we're not in favour of it because yeah. uh, what happens is with metal detectors is that they take them out of situ, yeah. and with that they're not recorded often and they're often sold, yeah. and then all that inf wealth of information uh, is lost. And yeah. of course, when you don't record things in situ, you you cannot get the full story of what that find is all yeah, about. Yeah. And you can't get the history of it. Yes, and, stuff, so. and obviously we're historians and we work closely with archaeologists mm. and we like to get everything done properly and to find out as much about that particular find as what we can yeah. on a professional level. Yeah. So we don't encourage any metal detecting whatsoever. And if on they the are caught, we will report them. Yeah. Um, we take it very seriously. Now, the two chaps that came up today and donated these fines, they were found a very, very long time yeah. ago before all these laws were implemented and they had had the farmer's permission yeah. to do that. Now, metal detecting around the surrounding area, away from the scheduled monument, you would have to obviously have permission. to ask yeah. for the landowner's permission to do that. Mm. The trust could not grant that permission, yeah. but we would never grant it um, on site anyway oh, no. and the ancient scheduled monument isn't just about the castle it stretches across three fields around the castle area yeah. because originally the castle was obviously a lot more extensive yeah, than it what it is now it is, yeah. so obviously we want to keep that archaeology in the ground covered up protected until yeah. we've got the funds to be able to do it properly do it ourselves yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and that's very important oh yeah because obviously we want to record it um, we wanted to be able to analyse where it's been found, yeah. in what surrounding, because there's a wealth of information 
when you do find something, it's not just about the find itself. It's about where it has been found, where it was placed, yeah. what the situation was. And there's because all there's sorts more of to things. it, isn't there? There's more to it. If you find something, it, it's location is important to why it's there. Absolutely. Sort of I mean, I can give you an example of that, Fez. When we unearthed the Quatrefold Circle, beautiful piece of plate tracery um, to fit into a lancet window. Um, and we unearthed that with Mercy in Archaeology. And just on that find alone, we could then gauge how big the window was in yeah. relation to the um, to the stone that fitted inside the window, how it was attached into the window in terms of soffits and cusps and things like that, and then how um, then we could scale the actual chapel of St Nicholas just on the size of the yeah. Lancet stone that we found that belonged yeah. inside a Lancet window. So all that wealth of information was there just on one piece of stone. Mm. Now, if we'd found that stone and knocked it out of situ or somebody else had found it and taken it away, all that information's gone. Yeah. Because in, it, it's all it, lost, isn't it? Yes. So the ground that the, the find sitting is in relation to the stone mm. or in relation to that particular find. And yeah. that is very, very important information as well. So that's why it's very important to always do things professionally with archaeologists. Yeah. yeah. It's the best way to go forward, isn't it? To... Absolutely. In my, from my it's like foundations opinion. as well. You, you could find a plate or something like that and realise that it's it was a kitchen. You could dig it up and you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's and then that it's important. been sitting in, in the kitchen that used to be there. Yeah. You know, I mean, like in Anglo-Saxon times, timber frame structures don't last. Mm. So if you find something like a, a jug, yeah. that could have been sitting in a in an Anglo-Saxon timber frame building yeah. that you wouldn't even know about. But if a metal detector had come along and found that and taken it away, they all that information yeah. is lost. It's lost history, isn't it? It is. Sort of thing, so, so it's very, very important. And it gives that find a meaning and a backstory as well, you know, so, yeah. uh, which brings these finds to life. And this is what people find fascinating. Mm. So, But we are very, very... Um, you know, we're very grateful um, for, for the chaps coming up today yeah. and giving us these finds. But they did the correct thing in terms of they took it to Derby um, yeah. Museum. They, they've had it. It has gone through the antiquities. It has been recorded and all the historical information has also been found on it. So they've done the right thing yeah. because these are now recorded finds. Well, like you say, it's a different day and age now. They, they did do it. Years, years and years, years ago, ago yeah. which is a completely different. Yeah, and, the, and they have donated to... them to the trust, yeah. and they are back here on site where where they where, where they, they belong. belong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like I said, next open day is second week in August. Yes, we're doing the same sort of thing. We'll have time team on. We'll have the cakes. We'll have. Yeah, it'll be refreshments, tea, uh, time team video. will be playing for people who want to watch it actually on site. Uh, we'll have the Avago archery. Team Falchion will be here next month training as well and uh, the usual guided tours at uh, 12 o'clock and, and 2, 2 p.m. And mm. they normally last for about an hour and a half. That's, mm. A lot of people do ask us how long the guided tours last. Yeah. And it's about an hour and a half yeah. at a time. And we've got the guest book and we encourage people to sign our guest book. Yeah, please do. When you come along to visit us, um, sign the guest book. It, it's a very important document as well because it, it for the trust, it, we can see how many people are coming up and where they're actually yeah. coming from as well, yeah. which gives us an idea about how many people have travelled here, how far they're walking up 
and things like that. And we is, have got another book as well, haven't we? Is it the We've um, got a suggestions it, book yeah. as well. So if, if people are coming along and they, they've, they've got some nice ideas that they want to share in relation to what they want to see on the site, mm. uh, then they can write them down in the suggestions book and then the trust can, obviously, whether it's in reason, uh, we can make things happen yeah, for all Yeah, take it into account, can't you? Absolutely, yeah. Future meetings and stuff. Definitely, yeah. Okay, yeah. so happy with that. Anything else you want to add? Uh, not that I can think of. Just again, thank you to all our visitors who came today and, and thank you for your support. Uh, thank you to our members as well mm -hmm. and, and all the people that really just generally support what we do. We are doing it for the community and, uh, and we're hoping that, you know, the castle can be preserved for future generations to come. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. God so willing. Yeah. Bring your kids next, next month, second Sunday in August. And we look forward to seeing you all down here. Yep, and we look forward to seeing you all second Sunday in August. And yep. uh, thanks again, and we'll see you all soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you to everyone that came down for our July Open Day. Our next Open Day is Sunday, August the 11th. I believe I got the date wrong in the interview with Coco. But yes, Sunday, August the 11th. It will be nice to see everyone come over, come and try some of Beck's Cupcakes and try some of Irene's Lemon Drizzle Cake and come and enjoy the day. Hopefully it'll be sunny and we'll see you over on Sunday the 11th of August. Bye for now.